This true first-person story was recorded in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club in Hong Kong. If you want to learn how to tell your best story, sign up on our Hong Kong Stories Meetup page, follow us on Facebook, or go to hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now from the September 2016 show on the theme of Off Balance, here's Austin. Uh, for a while now, I had been going on uh, some early morning ocean swims um, because I thought I considered it a special privilege of living on an island. And I would take a minibus out, go to the water's edge, and one, two, three big strides and take a dive out into the deep water of Deepwater Bay. And I would just float there, suspended for a while between sea and sky. But more recently, moved to a new place with my kids, Alex, 13, Jared, 7, and it was further away. And we had just been trying to handle a lot in our uh, little lives, and uh, there was no beach time. So my companion, B, decided to uh, arrange a little getaway in Sai Kung. She knew of this secluded house on a secluded cove, and we'd have a some, uh, some nice getaway time um, at the beach. So this place you had to get to by ferry. There was a, one first stop was the beach, second stop is the cove where the house is. And it was a beautiful place. And the kids arrived there, they're excited. But as uh, is customary, as soon as we were settled in, they started fighting about nothing. And they got on each other's nerves, it builds up. They got on my nerves, I got on B's nerves, she got on, and, you know, it just goes around and around and around. And sometimes when you have these negative vibes in the air, you should just let it go. Just do nothing. And it will go away by itself. But, no, at the time, I thought I should do something. And so I tried to add uh, yelling and uh, <laughs> um, berating. And, uh, you know, you can imagine the results. Everyone went to sleep that night in this beautiful, serene place in a cloud of misunderstanding and hurt and uh, you know so far so good it's perfect way to start a start a break and then so the next morning I just wanted to reset just try to uh, try not to try not to add to this anymore and the, the kids started playing again bees natural sunshine started coming out and we were taking a ferry to go to a Sunday roast a lamb roast that she had found and I thought I thought just let the roast do the healing and you know, the roast, and, and maybe a beer, and, and maybe another beer, and, and maybe another beer. And by the time it was, we were headed back on the ferry, I thought, you know, things weren't quite as level as they looked before, and I just, uh, the, the sun was beating down. I, think I thought I needed, to go, I needed to go back to the house. But the kids were saying, beach, 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 beach. And so I thought, okay, okay, we'll go to the, we'll go to the beach then. And then we got to the beach, went to the second uh, the, to the first floor of the changing area, the kids went up, they shot back down right out to the water, but I'm just taking my time. And I hear, I hear suddenly, you know, B's voice yelling my name in a kind of frantic way, and I come out to the balustrade, I say, what's going on? And she said, they've gone out to the, the water. And I said, that, that's okay, we're at a beach. And she said, no, but they've gone far. And so I look out, and, you know, Alex is a decent swimmer. Uh, but he does not have permission to push 
his younger brother, who cannot swim, out on an inflatable turtle out into deep water <laughs> towards the, the, the float, the platform float out there in the middle of the bay. And, uh, and also, it's, uh, the water's kind of choppier because there was just a thunderstorm alert that was put out. And so my dad scale is judging this at about a level two amber alert situation in progress which requires attention but uh, not a full-scale emergency. So I'm composing the lecture that I'm going to give Alex in my head as I'm going down the stairs and B's still flustered, you know, you need to go quickly. I'm trying to reassure her by just saying, oh, you know, okay, okay, I heard, I heard you. And I get, get out to the... I get out to the water line and I do my thing. You know, if I do say so myself, it was a perfectly executed deep water bay, slicing, dive, breaking the surface. Um, but right as I go into my crouch, I do hear a small inner voice saying, this is not deep water bay. And I say, what? And boom, I just feel like sudden impact and, and blunt trauma on at least, you know, multiple places on my face. And it's followed by this shredding sensation across the entire underside of my body. And it feels like I've just dived headfirst into a great white cheese grater. And I am still, my brain is still technically on. So I, I understand that, oh, you know what? I think I just dived into about two feet of water with a bed of what felt like razor sharp rocks and barnacles underneath. And I'm just kind of bobbing there like a, a log in low tide, and, I, and, the, and the current gradually pulls me out into deeper water. I'm not moving, because I'm, I'm worried that, you know, nothing works anymore. So I take some test strokes with my, with my hand, and I eventually have to breathe, and I brush it against my face to see, like, how bad is it, and raise my hand out of the water, and it looks like a scene from the opening of Saving Private Ryan, and I know that <laughs> it is... It is just probably very kind of not, it's not, it's just bad. And, and so I'm floating out there and I still need to get to the float because there's no way I'm going to get up and walk back out on, onto the beach like this. So I see the kids are sitting there, their legs are dangling in and I have to do some kind of flailing paddle to get out there. And I, it's, a, it's a terrible coordination effort between paddling and breathing and and shouting and bleeding. And so I'm just like, guys, uh, there's this situation. I hit some rocks on the way in. But uh, don't worry, it's worse than it looks, so it's fine. And when I get actually to the float, I haul myself up the ladder and I just lie down quickly because I'm worried that I'm going to pass out and I'm squinting and talking to my, my sons sitting there and I said, how bad, how bad is it? And, uh, you know, Jer they, they say nothing because they're really busy feeling uncomfortable. And <laughs> then Alex just say, well, it's, um, it's n not very not okay. <laughs> and uh, so I said, okay, all right, okay, thank you, I got it. And, um, I'm still trying to sound like an uh, authoritative dad with a plan. And so I'm like lying there saying, okay, Alex, what I want you to do is you're going to go in first, okay? Go out there and go over to the uh, life-saving station and tell them there's been an accident. And uh, not, not bad, not serious, but they, they are going to need a lot of bandages. And, and, 
So then, then what I want you to do is, uh, and he says, he cuts in. He says, Dad, why don't you just, why don't you just go with him? And then floating right next to our float, gl gliding by, is this lifeguard who's paddling his mini float, his very own mini float. And I did not want some kind of high-profile rescue operation here, but, but he is there. So we got on board. He lets us off on shore, and as expected, there's a whole crowd of gawkers, and I get through them, and I go up the stairs up to the life-saving station, and there's about six or seven lifeguards there, and they are completely confused. And they're, you know, they, uh, nobody wants to take the lead, but nobody wants to be left out. So they're all <laughs> bickering. And, and I think this is a good time to take inventory on my wounds, and I'm seeing that... Uh, well, it doesn't look unstoppable. It doesn't look like unstoppable bleeding, so that's good. But there are a whole series of cuts and slashes and gouges, you know, on my face and on my palms. Those are going to hurt. And then the forearms, and then just a web of cuts, you know, along my torso. And most annoyingly, there was a series of parallel slashes across the chest that looked like at some point I had really pissed off Wolverine. <laughs> then some gauze and tape and bandages come out and you know these guys are well-intentioned but they it was clear they had never taken a first aid aesthetics course ever <laughs> so there were just big wads of, of of gauze and tape everywhere but the worst part was that they didn't know what to do with all the slashes here and and so it, it was not deep but there was a lot of blood so what are they going to do so one guy comes out with this industrial roll of of gauze, literally this wide, and they start wrapping it around <laughs> like a corset, and the end result is sort of like a, a, a mummy-like tube top. And, but that's not the worst part. The worst part was, the most uncomfortable thing was that they got into an argument, and, and they could not agree on what looked weirder, whether the nipples were exposed or whether they were covered. <laughs> and so they're, they're tugging at the thing, trying to make their point, to one another, it's in Cantonese, but I'm very clear that it was stuff like, he's a guy, it doesn't matter, and they pull it down. Another one, and then the next guy says, but that looks ridiculous, and they pull it back up. And then the next guy says, no, he looks like he's dressed like a lady, and they pull it down. The other one says, well, it's gotta be better than that, and he pulls it back up, and I'm just standing here, and I, I just feel, you know, objectified. I'm, and I was like, hey guys, it's." It's my body, okay? And they, they settle on covered. They settle on covered. And uh, at this point, the, the, uh, the lifeguard that speaks the best English came over to me and he says, do you need to go to a hospital? Do you need ambulance? Did you become unconscious? Do you have tetanus shot? And I, I thought, well, you know, despite all the ridiculous bandaging, I think I'm okay, but I'm actually pretty lucky because if my angle of dive had changed slightly. I think I quite clearly would have had a mouthful of broken teeth and a, a concussion at best and, you know, broken neck at worst. So I thought, but, but I was okay. So I thought, no, I don't think I need a hospital. But I, I don't remember about the tetanus shot. He said, oh, if you don't know, you must go to the hospital to get a tetanus shot because you have many wounds and very deep and the water not clean. So <laughs> you must go. And, 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 and so he, he said, if you go yourself, it will take you many hours from here to go to the hospital. But I'll call you ambulance, you go immediately. I thought like, well, that sounds like a plan. Okay, let's, let's do that then. And 
But that decision came along with it a lot of implications because it turned out that there's no ambulance that can get to this beach, so they have to call in an emergency medical boat to come get me. But there's a thunderstorm warning, so that boat is not allowed to go out, so they, get a, they have to get a police, uh, marine police speedboat to, to come pick me up. And I'm thinking, oh, this is getting so involved. And, but, but the kids hear police speedboat, and they're like, awesome. And pretty soon, sure enough, there comes the boat, like this titanium, jet black, you know, um, uh, uh, craft, this speedboat cutting through the water. And it looks like they're at some kind of anti-smuggling unit going in a, in a high-speed chase instead of what they really were, which was an overly equipped water taxi for a judgment-impaired dad who had just dashed himself against some rocks for no apparent reason. And... Uh, so there was going to be a lot more hours of waiting in the hospital, and there was a surprising amount of ridicule by the ambulance driver, <laughs> the nurses, the doctors, other patients. And I just started thinking, you know, what a waste, all this planning. This, is a, this weekend was a complete, complete loss. And, um, but then we were waiting there, and somehow the, the kids found a, a vending machine that was broken, and it was just giving them crisps every time they press the button. And I thought like, and it kind of turned my thinking around, you don't see that every day. And I thought that, well, well, you, you know, that ride on the police speedboat and through a thunderstorm, that was kind of awesome. It was, and, and the lamb roast was not, that was pretty good. And, and I still have my teeth. I have a corset, but I have, I have my teeth. So all in all, it was a pretty good day. So thank you. Thanks for listening to this story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more, visit us on hongkongstories.com. Everyone has a story to tell.